We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or a grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. football podcast today is wednesday july 31st mlb trade deadline day and crazy stuff going on as we're recording right now uh as always our podcast is sponsored by yahoo dfs thank you yahoo for your uh, regular sponsor we do appreciate quite a bit my co-host today is brad ziegler former major league baseball player you can find brad on the the athletics uh, podcast fantasy football podcast you can find him on fntsy and he's going to be doing uh, rankings for fantasy pros as well brad welcome Thank you. I, I'm excited to be on, and uh, I, I love your show. I'm a, a big fan, but it's cool to be the, the co-host this Wednesday. Yeah, well, you've been doing more of that. That's the thing. And, you know, you have a little bit more time on your hands now, uh, <laughs> so you got to find something else to do, and I like that you're highly involved. And of course, I've been in a league with you for the last couple of years, and you've been playing fantasy for a while. We're playing in a dynasty league, and that'll be a focus of a lot of our talk later on today. Uh, how long have you been playing fantasy? 
Oh gosh. Uh, since college. So almost 20 years now. And, nice. and, um, it's, it's, uh, you know, I, it's funny because everybody expects me to be a fancy baseball player, but while I was playing, I could not play fancy baseball because it's considered gambling on the sport. If there's any right. money involved, and even if there's not money involved, just the look of it is bad. And so, um, you know, they're like, don't even play the free contests or anything like that. And, and, and so I, uh, I just dove into fancy football and, and it's huge in baseball locker rooms yes. and, um, there, there's a league in, in every locker room, if not more than one. And, um, and then there's, you know, I'm in uh, keeper leagues and dynasty leagues with, with, uh, guys year round that, you know, they're just kind of scattered all over teams. And so, uh, it, it's really big in baseball. And, and so consequently, I, f- I feel like I know a lot more about this than, than fantasy baseball. Do you have an A's league, a diamonds back league, diamondbacks league and a Marlins league? Is that how it works for you or? Um, no. So <laughs> the ones I have where guys are scattered out, it was just kind of like random teammates. Like I, I was, um, you know, I knew Matt Thornton and JJ puts from team USA. And, okay. and, uh, so when I got traded to Arizona, JJ was there and he's like, Hey, we were expanding our, our, our league by two teams. How about you get in and who else should get in? I was like, Brandon McCarthy's a huge guy and he had just gotten traded over. And, and so me and McCarthy joined their league and, um, there's, you know, there's a bunch of, a bunch of former players in that one. And then, um, you know, now there's, there's just kind of, I'm in, I'm in a lot of leagues with Jeremy Hellickson, Brian holiday. Um, you know, they're in the, the same league that you're in Patrick Corbin, uh, David Hernandez guys yep. that I, I played with, uh, in random spots, Travis Shaw's in there. And, um, you know, I, I always, every time I start up a league, I always ask him like, Hey, you know, you want to be in this one too. And, you know, this one's got a little wrinkle in it. And, um, you know, they're, uh, you know, Helixson will get in about any league that, that, <laughs> you know, that I offer as long as it's, you know, a little different than anything else he's in. Nice. Nice. Very good. Uh, yeah, I've been, I started playing in 1993 and, uh, it's addicting. It's super addicting and football is easy too. I mean, it, the, the whole once a week thing. And I imagine you guys do have a little bit, you know, when you were a player, you did have some time on your hands, especially as pitchers. Yeah, as a relief pitcher, like we're sitting in the bullpen talking trade for the first four or five innings of the game. And especially when August, September rolls around, it's like, hey, uh, you know, well, you got a receiver I'm trying to figure out, you know, I, I don't know what I'm going to do this week. And, you know, it's like that's what we're talking about in the third inning of a game in, in right. September. Um, but then, you know, when the fifth, sixth inning rolls around, all the fantasy talk shuts off and, and you start, you know, you start focusing on the baseball game like, oh, by the way, are we winning or not? Absolutely. So. I know Adam Wainwright does a lot with the fantasy world too. He he does, yeah, he sure. hosts some drafts and he does it for charity too. And I know you do a lot of work with like military families and all that. So it's kind of cool to see all that kind of good stuff being put to good use. Yeah, Wainwright's a, a awesome guy, and and obviously has a a really big platform with as successful as he's been. So uh, it's it's been you know neat to see all the the stuff that he does and. Um, you know, you, you talk to other guys around the league and his, his reach is so far where he, it's like, he's just really networked really well within the game. And, um, you know, he's able to get, get a lot of big names in there, which are, are super appealing to, to regular fans, uh, that, that want to play fantasy football with these guys. Indeed. Let's talk uh, about some of the news that's happening. Uh, let's start off with your chiefs actually. And I, I don't know if I threw this on the outline, but I'm sure you're covering it. Tyreek Hill. Got hurt, uh, bruised quad. Doesn't look like it's serious. They didn't practice today. You know, left yesterday's practice after taking pretty big hit in practice. You don't usually see too many big hits uh, in, in like that. But here we are. Yeah, and I, I, I wasn't too concerned about it. I honestly, at this point, like I, I don't feel like unless there's a lot of new plays that that they're trying to put in uh, where he really needs to be going through the reps. My my feeling is do anything you can to get through training camp not not hurt. And, yeah. you know, so if he just take th- two or three days off and, 
um, you know, rested a little bit. They said there's a chance he's going to practice Friday. So I, you know, I'm not too concerned, but I think uh, Bashad Breland will, he's probably caught the wrath of, of Kansas city a little bit for that hit. And um, sure. I, I think he'll probably take it easy going forward in practice. I reckon he will too. Uh, but uh, anyways, yeah, that, and the thing is, if he misses one, if he'll misses a preseason game, no big deal. I mean, in fact, right. I would be really shocked to see all the principal players play much in the early preseason. Yeah, I, I don't, I, you know, I don't know what they'll do. And like I said, unless they're trying to implement something new, but they, the core of their, their offense is back returning from last year. They've all, you know, they obviously had great chemistry last year. Uh, so don't, don't think there's a whole lot of concern there. Yeah, I agree. I agree about that. All right. The one player that there is a lot of concern with, and I help, happen to be a self-hating Bengals fan, uh, is A.J. Green. Uh, you know, first day of practice in training camp, sprains the ankle, and the, the progression of the news got worse as time went on. First, it was, looks like we avoided a big one here. Uh, okay, now it looks like there's some torn ligaments in the ankle. Oh, now he's had a procedure, and he's going to miss at least a couple of games. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's obviously not the, the best news, especially for a guy who's, who's starting to get up there in years a little bit. He'll be 31 this year. And, and um, you know, you, you, you never wish injury on anybody. Um, and, but, but a guy like that, that is so like, he's such a vital part of the, the fantasy game and, and the Bengals offense in general. Um, you know, one, one thing about it, him and Andy Dalton have, have zero need to work on any chemistry. They're totally fine. So, sure. Um, you know, if he's only going to miss a couple games, yeah, it's not ideal, but it's also not the, not the end of the world. And, um, even if you miss three or four games, you know, to, to, you know, you can, if you can grab him, you can probably get him in the sixth, seventh round now, um, because he's, he's fallen and, and you can still, if you can survive those first three or four weeks, um, you know, and, and then, you know, potentially have a, a bottom end wide receiver one after that is it'd be, you know, to me, it's worth the, the upside shot. See, I'm a little bit more pessimistic than you, but maybe that's just because I'm a Bengals fan. Um, I, <laughs> I see this offensive line being one that is just bad to begin with. They're, you know, projected fix Jonah Williams, their first round draft pick already out for the season. And Clint Bowling, another offense starting off starter retired before training camp. Uh, the third one, their center is on the non-football injury list. Oh, I think Billy Price, that is their center. I think he comes back in time, but I just, I think the offense, you know, I remember the last time the, the two years ago when the Bengals offensive line was so hideous, I feel like it's going to be the same boat now. And I, I, I'm really, really pessimistic about the Bengals this year and their offense. Yeah. This, this to me, you know, AJ green, it's not like, you know, he wasn't really being drafted as a wide receiver one anyways, you know, but he's still kind of like that, that right at the turn of the wide receiver one to two. But I think this really affects Joe Mixon because yeah, it's, it's, I feel like there's, there's all the more reason to put more guys closer to the line of scrimmage when AJ green's not on the field. And I love Tyler Boyd and, and Tyler Boyd showed last year, he can, he, he can be productive, uh, you know, with or without AJ green. I think he's, you know, he's still learning. He's, he's coming into his third year. So, um, I, I think he'll be totally fine, but, but they need, you know, Tyler Eifert or, or whoever the, the next receiver is to step up and, and be productive there just to take some heat off of Joe Mixon, because otherwise they're just going to be, um, you know, a, a three and out a, a lot because they're not gonna be able to move the ball on the early downs. Right. And you know, I wouldn't be surprised. You see, uh, you know, we're both Mixon and Gio Bernard are on the field at the same time. They spread out you know, Gio. Maybe that's one way to address it. They also drafted Travion Williams, another guy that's a pretty good scat back type of guy that can catch passes. I wonder if that leads to some different formations. I know they got Zach Taylor, who's a proponent of the 11 formation, but yeah, and the Bengals already ran a lot of 11, but they're, they're kind of running out of wideouts to run it with. Yeah. And I mean, you got to think that, that Alex Erickson and, and John Ross are going to see the field a little bit more because 
um, they're at least guys who are, are super athletic and, and, you know, will, will occupy some defenders as opposed to, uh, you know, these guys that are the, the, you know, not athletic, you know, over the middle guys where linebackers are just kind of staying in there already. Sure. And, um, so they at least got, got some deep threats to, to take a safety away or, or, or something here and there. Um, so hopefully, you know, hopefully for, for their, from their sake. And um, it, I would love to see John Ross become something in fantasy. I mean, he's, he, he's so athletic. He's so fun to watch him run, but he just is not a great football player. And, and I hope he's just, uh, you know, maybe this off season turned a corner a little bit and, and maybe see the writing on the wall that his, I mean, his career could be super short if he doesn't do something quick. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, it's, it's pretty ugly right now and he's already got a bad hammy. So and that's something yeah, right now. Not, to watch not a good about. start for a guy that relies on speed. Yeah. I'll say a deep dive guy for the Bengals wide receiver wise could be Cody core guy. That's been hurt a few, a little bit in his career, but I think he's got some raw athleticism that kind of fills that uh, void too, perhaps. So something to yeah, watch sure. for there. Uh, it's a possibility. Holdouts have been a big deal among our, you know, uh, among the first two rounds projected. We've got three guys that were holding out. That's down to two. Now that Michael Thomas is signed with the saints, Five years, $100 million, pretty big deal there. I'm not surprised that he signed because, first of all, this one kind of came out of the blue. It wasn't like one that was in the offing. It just kind of like, oh, he's holding out. And then next thing you know, premier wide receiver signs. Yeah, it it didn't seem like there was a, a whole lot of um, concern that they were going to get something done. Um, you know, it, and obviously, I mean, the like we talked about with other guys already that drew Brees and Michael Thomas have as good a chemistry as there is in football. And so there's, there's no reason for, for him, you know, to, to have to be on the field early in, in training camp. So, um, I think he uh, is absolutely worth the money. I think he deserves to be the highest paid receiver and he, you know, obviously he is now at least until Julio Jones gets his extension, you know, as a, you know, former professional athlete, when you see these guys holding out, you've seen it probably with some teammates over the years in your sport in baseball. How, how do you react to seeing something, uh, a holdout like that? Well, you know, football is a little different just because the contracts aren't guaranteed. Right. And, and because of that, those, I mean, those players can get cut at any moment and essentially lose, you know, any non-guaranteed money. And, and baseball is a lot different. They, you might see a guy get cut that is owed some money, but he still can go home and get paid. And, and it's a lot different, uh, a lot of different scenarios. So, sure. um, I, for me as, I mean, what we went through as baseball players is it, a little hard on your body. What football players go through, I am all for those guys getting their money w- yeah. while they can, because they have such a short, short career span. Um, and they make, I mean, the, the league is just making obscene amounts of money, um, with TV deals and, and the revenue generated, like there's no reason the players shouldn't have a bigger share of that. So I'm all for any player getting, getting his money. Um, you know, as long as I don't like it when they start missing games at that point, if they're already under contract and they start missing games, that to me is where it, it kind of crosses a line of like, okay, well now, not only are you, you, you know, hurting your team, but you're also hurting your own family, your, your own situation because you're missing game checks. And, um, that's where to, to me, where it's, uh, you know, potentially a big problem. And that's where, I mean, we, we don't. I don't think Ezekiel Elliott, I don't, I don't know that he's really in a position to, you know, with two years left on his rookie deal to, um, to do that. But, but Melvin Gordon is, and it sounds like, you know, he could miss as much as half the season. And if that happens, like that's, I mean, I, I don't know that it worked out as well as Le'Veon Bell hoped last year. And, and it sounds like Gordon is starting to, to head down that track. Yeah. And I was just going to bring that up. How much are you downgrading Gordon in your rankings right now? If you had to draft in a redraft league today, what number does it take for you to get to, to Melvin Gordon? 
It's, I mean, and it, I, essentially I will say I'm not drafting him because he will be taken by somebody before this, but I wouldn't take him until the, the fifth or sixth round. Wow. Um, that, you, you're really buying I, the threat of this then. Yeah. I, I really think he's, he's going to miss, you know, I, and I don't know all the ins and outs of the contract. I mean, I remember last year we thought Le'Veon Bell was going to be back at some point because he needed the season to accrue to free agency. And, and, but Melvin Gordon's in a fifth year option. It's a lot different than being on the franchise tag already. Um, right. so I've heard that he needs to play half the games, um, to, to, for this year to count toward free agency, um, you know, for his contract, not to toll to the next year. And if that's the case, then I, I think we'll see him back at that point at, at a minimum, but I don't know if it's going to be as a charger because I, it wouldn't surprise me if they're having any success early in the year with, with Eckler and Jackson and, mm-hmm. um, you know, whoever else might be in that backfield, then they may just try to find somebody and say, you know, Hey Houston, are you sick of Lamar Miller yet? Like you got a lot of cap room you want to take Melvin Gordon and, and see what, you know, somebody like the Texan says. Yeah. But the one trade I've ever made that was a good trade with you was getting, uh, was getting Jackson from you. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, well, second rounder. And now it's, yeah, it's looking like he might be super valuable this year. And, you know, one of the reasons I did it is I'm a Northwestern guy. You know, I was right. like, Justin Jackson, touchdown, man. Um, I got to get him, but uh, we'll see. I mean, I've already turned down one trade offer for him this week, but uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll see. Uh, yes, it was from Jeremy Hellickson. Yes, he does offer a lot of trades. Um, yeah. I offer trades back to him. We we have never connected on a deal. So I guess we're just valuing players differently a little bit there, but it's okay. Yeah, and him and I, we 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 talk about trade 90% more than we actually get anything <laughs> Of course. Because he's like, you know, we he's one of those guys that really values his own players a lot more than than I do when I'm trying to value guys neutrally. Sure. Um, he's like, no, you know, this this guy's on my team. I got him like as a guy I like. That's why I have him. And And basically, if you're not overpaying, you're not going to get a deal done. That's, this is probably true. Uh, and the endowment effect is large there. So uh, make your own pun joke there. But uh, anyways, um, so we mentioned Gordon. The other guy that we have to talk about is Zeke Elliott. Uh, I'm hearing that they're kind of far apart still, too. Now, how I, I know it's a little bit different with him because I think I want to say August 6th is a big deal for him in terms of reporting dates. If, you know, again, service time accrued and all that. Yeah. And, it, you know, his situation is a lot different because he's he's not even in a in a contract year or in a year where right. his rookie deals up. Like he's still got a, another full year after this. And and, you know, and not only that, but he's also a guy that's that's cost the Cowboys a lot of money in legal fees um, trying to defend him over the years right. for, for off the field stuff. And so, uh, you know, while there's no denying his talent and there's no denying his talent in Dallas with that offensive line and, and how effective that run game can be. But it's, you know, you got to wonder someone, someone brought this up and it, it made me at least think, I, I heard this in another podcast where they said, you know what, like, what if he like, you know, and I, I'm not accusing him of this at all. But what if he took drugs, smoked, a, smoked a, some weed or whatever, and needed to stay away while, you know, get out of the country and avoid drug tests just, a, you know, for a certain amount of time for that to get out of his system. And then all of a sudden he'll come back August 6th and right. whatever. And and not that he isn't isn't going for his money, but but that's a lot different scenario than in baseball, because in baseball, they will chase you all over the world. They it doesn't if you you have right. to report if you're going out of the country and, and you could be going to the Maldives and they might send a, a you know, a testing representative there to get a, a urine sample from. Really? Him. So. Yeah, it's I mean, it, it is definitely possible. I don't know that I've ever seen it happen, but it is it is written in there that they can test you basically anywhere in the world. And that's why you have to notify them of, of anywhere you're going in advance, because if they show up at your door and you're not there, then it's, it's just going to be a positive test if they can get hold of you. So 
Um, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's one of those things. I don't know the, the ins and outs of the football drug program, but it was something, you know, it was, it was kind of brought up when you have a guy who's had the, the off the field issues that he's had to this point. Um, you know, I, I haven't seen anything that's making me feel a lot more confident that he's made a lot of off the field changes. Yeah. Cause uh, you know, in many ways, baseball players have it better off than football players, but that is one where it is, it is definitely tighter. Uh, that that's yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, and there is definitely a lot, a lot bigger, um, I guess, I guess stimulus or stigma with baseball players. If right. you test positive for steroids, as opposed to football, it's like, ah, miss your four games and, and no one cares because you know, you want the big, fast, strong guys out there. And in baseball there, you know, the, the historical traditionalists really want the, the game as clean as possible. And, and I'm one of them. I, I wanted to have a very even playing field and right. And in football, it seems like the even playing field might be more uh, along the lines of if you're not taking it, you're probably, you know, hurting yourself. Yeah, it's like, just, like, it's like, four like games. Move on. Yeah. You never hear. Yeah. Uh, there are no Senate hearings for football, uh, <laughs> right. which but maybe it's just because of our expectations. It really might be going back to the yeah, days of Lyle so. Alzado. Yeah. Yeah. And it's. I mean, it's obviously a big problem in the game because there's guys on it seems like on almost on every team getting busted every year. And no one, you know, no one they don't have the same stigma carried with them throughout the rest of their career that they do in baseball. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Hey, before we move on and talk about other issues of the day, we've got to take care of some business from our friends at Yahoo Daily Fantasy Sports. It's officially July, which means football season is around the corner. And Yahoo Fantasy has introduced a new fantasy football game called Best Ball that lets you get in on the action now. With best ball, you draft your fantasy football team, and that's it. You don't need to do a thing once you've drafted your team. Each week, the top-scoring players at each position on your roster will automatically count towards your weekly score. Forget about the time commitment. No waiver wire, no trades, no adding or dropping players, no having to make those tough sit or starter-sit decisions. Focus on the best part of fantasy football, the draft. Tired of doing mock drafts for your fantasy team and having the other players drop out early and not finish the draft? Free best ball leagues give you the most accurate ADP or average draft position of players before the season starts. Can't get enough fantasy football, but don't want to manage those teams all season? You can draft up to 50 best ball teams. Play for free or play for cash, but most importantly, get to drafting with Yahoo Fantasy Best Ball. Join our league today at sports.yahoo.com slash best ball. Coming soon to the Yahoo Fantasy app. That would not be uh, for you and Jeremy Hellickson because you guys like trading so much. We'll, we'll, <laughs> you know, we'll get you on the season long instead. A um, few other uh, items I want to talk about before we start getting into breaking down your Chiefs here. Uh, David Montgomery, Tariq Cohen. I, you know, I keep – drafts I'm doing, I keep seeing Tariq Cohen like at the top of my queue. I'm like, I just don't want to pull the trigger there. I know a lot of people are big on Montgomery. Uh, Yahoo's Brad Evans is, is probably the loudest voice on that. Uh, where do you stand on the bears backs? Uh, so I, and I, I may be higher than Mike Davis uh, or higher on Mike Davis than most people too. Okay. Um, I, I, I'm not a fan of carrying players like Tariq Cohen on a, a redraft roster anyways, on a, on a season long league. That's not best ball on in best ball. He's great because you know, sure. when you hit the big, when he gets the big week, you know, he's going to be in your lineup, but those guys can be so frustrating. Um, you know, having the games where all oh, their teams winning this week. So they're just running the first and second down back like crazy. And, and, you know, you might get two or three catches out of a guy in a week like that, as opposed to the week that they're trailing. Um, and, and he gets seven or eight catches and has a monster game. Um, I, I don't like carrying those guys on my roster to begin with. And, and so, um, that being said, um, I like David Montgomery. Um, I, I think he, he showed, you know, to be pretty elusive in college and, and obviously, 
uh, avoiding big hits is a, a big thing in the NFL yep. to, to just be on the field. So um, I think he's going to be a, a, a decent back. I don't know that he's going to be a, a you know major you know three down back to start his career. They do have Cohen. They're not going to have a guy that's that electric and not use him. Uh, Mike Davis, when he got chances in Seattle, was super productive and. Um, I think he's he's going to get some of those those opportunities also. So I could see it being almost like a, a, a 40, 30, 30 split in this backfield. And if that's the case, I don't want to touch anybody except Davis where their ADP is at right now, because, um, you know, Montgomery and, and Cohen are going a lot higher than I'm comfortable taking them when I don't know their role yet. Right. And redraft versus dynasty might be different. We might be bringing Montgomery's up, name up later on when we talk dynasty and specifically sure. our league. I, I might have two first round picks this, this year. <laughs> so uh, pick your brain on that a little bit. But sure. Um, another one that uh, I think has been underplayed a little bit. Andrew Luck, you know, he's been missing a few practices with this calf injury that originally happened back in April. And we know that the, the nature of these type of injuries and the nature of the Colts reporting injuries makes me a little wary of him all of a sudden. Yeah, for sure. And, and I, you know, it's also possible that these guys are NBA fans and they saw what happened to Kevin Durant. And yeah. they're like, uh, we are not going to run that risk. We're going to, you know, if he needs to sit out a month, you know, Andrew Luck will be fine. I mean, he, he, he came back last year at the beginning of the year and he, you could tell just watching him throw, he was not fully healthy, but he got fully healthy during the season. Yep. His, his arm was, was not good early in the year. Um, but he, you know, by the end of the year, he was chucking balls all over the place. So I'm, I'm not too, too nervous about it. I would like to see, uh, him build some chemistry with Paris Campbell because, um, there's, um, you know, there's a lot of electricity in that guy's body and, yeah. um, you know, it'd be, it'd be fun to, to see how they, how they use him and, and get him in space and, and let him do his things. And, um, but also, you know, they, they've got Devin Funches is a, a new guy on the outside there too. And, and luck, if luck's not in there getting these reps with these new receivers, you know, T Y Hilton and, and Jack Doyle and, and Eric Ebron are going to, you know, get their looks, but you, you want to see somebody opposite T Y to take a little heat off of them on the outside. And, um, I don't, you know, right now I, I, I kind of hope they give that job to Paris Campbell over Devin Funches just because of how athletic he is, um, and, and put Funches in the slot and, and see what can happen. But I'm not sure, uh, that's the route they're going to go. And, um, you know, I, I'm not overly concerned, but if this, if this lingers for another, you know, maybe 10 days or something, and he's still, you know, basically not progressing, then, then that would, you know, that to me would be a really, a really big concern for sure. You know, and I, I like the acquisition of Funches. I think f- if like like you suggest, like he's in that role that uh, put him in a slot. Think you know, former tight end in college. You know, I, I think he was kind of misplaced out on the out on the outside a little bit, but we'll see. Uh, I I I like what the they've kind of the, the the crew they put together there in India, and I think Cable will be really interesting. But he's a little banged up himself right now too, so he's got to get healthy. Uh, but uh, you know, luck. You know, maybe that doesn't drop him at all. But I just there's there's something about maybe I'm just distrustful of the Colts and the way they report injuries, and that's perhaps you know a, a little uh, hangover effect there for me. Yeah, that and that's fair too. I mean, you you kind of never know, and maybe I mean some of this too is for the team to for the team to be able to even know what's going on or say anything publicly, the player's got to be honest with them because sure. the trainers don't know how the player feels. And, and there's times where, you know, I don't know that Andrew Luck would do this per se, but, and, and maybe he would have earlier in his career, but there are guys who I, I think don't lead on to the team. How, how severe it is oh, sure. because they're Absolutely. afraid of, of, of how they might get buried at some point. And um, now that he's a star, I don't think he's concerned about that. He's probably, you know, just thinking like, I'm going to do whatever I can to make sure I'm on the field week one. And, and it doesn't matter really what happens between now and then. 
Um, you know, it's, it's not as a quarterback, you don't typically have to build up a lot of conditioning. Um, you know, it'd be nice if he could throw some and, um, you know, keep his arm strength up. But other than that, like he it's you know, he's not even needing to do the conditioning drills like the receivers and the, the running backs and linebackers and cornerbacks are. So, um, you know, I, I don't know. I'm, I understand the, the jadedness because of the past and, and, you know, hopefully, hopefully this ends up, you know, where, you know, started next week, he's, he's back practicing every day. Yeah, indeed. So we'll watch that one closely. Uh, before we move on to break down the Chiefs, a quick note from our friends at Superdraft. The future of daily fantasy sports has arrived. Experience Superdraft's exclusive game mode multiplier. Say goodbye to salary restrictions and hello to lineup freedom. Use your fantasy sports knowledge to draft any player you want and build your very own dream team. Countless lineup possibilities let you experience daily fantasy sports the way you want. Superdraft offers contests for NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL, and PGA, so you can enjoy the best of DFS all year round. Sign up for Superdraft today using promo code ROTOWIRE and claim your free $5 in Supercash and a free $3 entry with your first deposit. Download in the App Store and play at Superdraft.io. Superdraft. No limits. More winning. Many of you who know Brad already know that he is a big Chiefs fan and a big KU basketball fan, too. Uh, Brad, we're going to spend a lot of time talking about your Chiefs right now. Interesting offseason for them, Uh, you know, quite a bit. Uh, All of a sudden, Tyreek Hill is back without any suspension whatsoever. Frankly, I'm surprised at the result, but here we are. Uh, And that's that's changed a lot of draft values. You know, all of a sudden, Sammy Watkins has to be downgraded a little bit. Nicole Hardman is a guy that was drawing a lot of interest early and now he's kind of buried again, but should he be? Uh, yeah, I think so. I don't, I don't think he's uh, from a fantasy standpoint now, now in a dynasty league, uh, I have no problem taking Hardman, you know, into the first round because I think there's a yeah. bright future there, but he is pretty raw. He's really athletic, but, but he's not the best route runner, um, you know, from the reports coming out so far, he's a guy. Um, it wouldn't surprise me if they kind of use him almost like they used Dante Hall a while back where they, they just try to, they run jet sweeps with him and, and, you know, bubble screens, try to get him in space where he's got a little room to maneuver because he is so fast. You just give him a yeah. little room to get going and, and, you know, he's going to make people miss some angles. So, um, I, at the same time, um, I, I'd actually, from a, a, a polished receiver standpoint, if you've got, got, uh, Tyree kill and Sammy Watkins on the outside, I think Demarcus Robinson is, is going to be the third receiver in this yeah. offense. And I think he, he's going to be better than Chris Conley was at, in that role. I know Chris Conley was a good athlete, but I always kind of felt like it, he's kind of like Michael Hardman, where he's kind of this raw, super good athlete, not a great route runner. And, and they were having to teach him a lot. And Demarcus Robinson has been there a couple of years now. He, he's shown when he's been in the game has shown pretty good chemistry with, with Mahomes, And that may have had something to do with, with the 2017 season where they're basically all on the second team, the, the whole season together and, and develop some chemistry. And then all of a sudden, you know, you see Robinson make some big plays here and there. And I think there's going to be enough volume in that offense to, to make him at least, uh, you know, a wide receiver four or five, you know, potential flex uh, flex spot, because um, I'm, I'm high on Watkins and Hill this year. Um, and, and I, I realize I'm watching, you know, watching this, these practices through red lenses, but sure. um, it, it's, it's, I think, uh, you know, Demarcus Robinson's a guy that I grabbed in a, in a 30 man roster league. Um, and I'm sitting on him because I, I feel like there is a chance, especially if he'll get suspended, uh, down the road, if Sammy Watkins gets hurt down the road, he could step into a, a pretty big role in that offense. And I want to have him. Yeah, I actually agree, um, and I think he's a, he's definitely a late round dart throw. You know, the thing is, you're you're better off probably in a best ball situation with him than having to try to pick your spot unless the guy actually gets hurt uh, sure. because because of his role. 
But, you know, it's I, I think he's kind of interesting. Let's look at running backs real quick. You know, all offseason, all Andy Reid has been doing is saying, hey, Damian Williams is the guy. Damian Williams is the guy. I may not actually say he gets 300 touches, but he is the guy. And we know how Reid uses his backfield. You know, I, I think a lot of people are like, but, but you got Carlos Hyde. What about Carlos Hyde? I'm not worried about Carlos Hyde at all. In fact, he's not the guy I'm worried about if I'm worried about any, anybody but Damian Williams. Yeah, it's it's interesting because, you know, Hyde, Hyde you know, he couldn't – he kind of got pushed out in Cleveland. Then he couldn't get going in Jacksonville. And it, it just – it didn't make sense that – like, I think he's a really good depth ad, but it doesn't make sense to me that they bring him in to, to compete um, for, you know, for those first and second down carries. Um, I will say this, Andy Reid has, while he used Kareem Hunt a lot in the passing game, Kareem Hunt was hardly ever in on third downs. He just used him in the passing game on first and second downs is where he got most of his receptions. So there will be a third down back and Hyde has had years where he has shown uh, the ability to be a good receiving back. I just don't think he's as fast as some of the guys like Darwin Thompson, who, um, you know, they drafted in the sixth round this year. I, I don't see me personally, I don't see Thompson being the handcuff to Damian Williams because I don't think he's big enough to, to handle that role. The guy that I would be concerned about from that standpoint is actually Daryl Williams. Um, I, I think there's a chance Daryl Williams could be a, a you know, sh- short, uh, you know, the short field red zone goal line back um, just because of how how big and thick he is. And if they're trying to give Damian Williams a breather here and there. Um, I, I could see it actually being, you know, Daryl Williams coming in during the short yardage situations as opposed to, you know, and Hyde being more like the true handcuff and, and Thompson being the third down back. Interesting. Yeah. And I've heard good things about Thompson so far early on in the training camp there too. He's turned, you know, he gets a lot of the, uh, the, the jargon, the buzzwords going there, but, uh, we'll see what, you know, we haven't even got to a preseason game yet, but I've heard that he's been impressive so far. Yeah, and in, and in super deep leagues, to, just today they announced that um, Tremont Smith, who's their their uh, he was their kick returner last year, he's a defensive back, is is going to be moving to running back. Interesting. And it, it, yeah, he's I think he he's a guy that reminds me a lot when I watch him as a kick returner of DeAnthony Thomas. And so I don't know that there's going to be a whole lot of fantasy value there to start with, especially because he's he's changing positions. Um, but at the same time, in a super deep league. Uh, where you're just, I mean, completely throwing darts and you want a guy that has, I mean, he's electric, like a, a you know, low four threes, uh, 40 time. And um, so, you know, it's a guy that, that, you know, Andy Reid is, is super creative and, and he might be able to find a way to get this guy in space and, and, you know, turn him into something offensively. And who knows? I mean, he, if as bad as their defense was last year, uh, for them to be taking a defensive back and moving him to running back, he must have been struggling pretty good defensively because they they definitely need help in that area. Strikes me as the type of guy that's going to piss everybody off by scoring on a reverse uh, in, in like a <laughs> high scoring game. Like, ah, how could we possibly have had that? You know, but yeah, it's it's possible. I mean, he was he was really successful as a kick returner last year, so so they know they they don't have a problem with him having the ball in his hands. Yeah, that's right, that's right. Uh, the Chiefs have two guys that uh, in in Mahomes and Kelsey that you know, are, are the tops at their position that people often wait on that position. How likely are you to spend that early round pick on either guy? So this is just me watching and watching Mahomes in practice so far has not w- made me waver on this at all. I have no problem taking him in the fourth round of drafts because I could see, I legitimately, I know it's the odds are against it historically, but I could see him really pushing last year's numbers again, because I don't know that they can ride Damian Williams as much as they have ridden Kareem Hunt in the past. Mm-hmm. And I think, at, I think at some point there's just going to be, there might be a little more volume there. I don't know that they're going to score 
as quickly uh, on drives as they did last year. I mean, there were drives where they were scoring on the third or fourth play a lot of times because they were just marching down the field. I think teams are going to going to give a little more cushion, um, on, especially on Tyree Kill and, and Kelsey up the middle. Um, which, you know, lends itself to me to having a lot more opportunity for Sammy Watkins and Demarcus Robinson. So I, I just think there's there, you know, between the offensive scheme constantly doing things that, that people haven't seen um, as talented as Mahomes is as talented as these weapons are. I, I don't, I don't have a problem seeing this offense duplicate what they did last year, especially when the defense is going to be improved. Now they were the 31st ranked defense last year. So they basically can't go down. But when you bring in Frank Clark and and uh, Honey Badger, um, you know, there's there there is automatically an improvement there. Then they bring in Steve Spagnola to to be the defensive coordinator, change the scheme, get mm-hmm. guys in a position to succeed. Um, they've already got one of the toughest environments to play in at home. And if they just have a little talent defensively, they're just I think they're going to control game tempo, you know, 90 uh, percent of their games this year. Yeah. And, you know, I think. Yeah, you, know, you saw the upside in that Chiefs defense last year. You just saw the flaws, and of course, New England exploited it to the nth degree. Uh, just kept the Chiefs' offense off the field. It was absolutely frustrating to watch, but uh, and that's why they had to make that coordinator change too. Yeah, yeah, they're they were and, and they got to be. I feel like too predictable defensively. Teams knew they weren't going to blitz, and mm-hmm. in certain situations, and and they're playing the soft zone coverage and. Yeah, Gronk and Edelman and those guys were just eating them up on on third down in that in that AFC Championship game. And um, you know, hopefully the the mindset of the defense now is is a lot different. Um, and I, I just think they didn't have a lot of confidence going into that game. And um, you know, even as good as their offense was, it was not something. Uh, you know, I was at that game. It was freezing cold, and and it was really tough to watch in the first half when the offense couldn't get going and the defense was awful. Right, and those were related too. I think when the defense, you know, you know, that game started. I, first of all, I thought it was a mistake to defer. <laughs> you know, I thought that was like the first mistake. <laughs> yeah. You start with your best unit out there instead of having Brady run a seven-minute drive to begin the game. Um, yeah. that, was, that was it was a killer. Um, how about uh, Travis Kelsey? Are you going to play that pay that early second-round price if you're in that sort of zone? If you're drafting, uh, you know, say if you're drafting like the nine or ten slot, you've got a pretty good chance of getting him in the second round. Are you willing to pay that price? Uh, I, not in a, a league that's not tight end premium. I mean, obviously tight end premium, he's going sure, in the course. top half of the first round, but in, in just a regular PPR league, I don't think I pay that price just because I, I would rather have, I, I I've found whenever I've done about 40 best ball drafts so far. And I, some of them I've tried to draft as if it wasn't a best ball league. Like just, I want to see what kind of team I can put together. And I like my teams a lot better when I go running back heavy early. And then I, I get a guy like, you know, say I go two running backs in the first two rounds, um, then get a guy like T.Y. Hilton or Adam Thielen or Stephon Diggs as my wide receiver one. I like my team a lot better in that scenario. And if I'm doing that, I, you know, Kelsey's not even on my radar. Um, at the same time, I, I could see him easily, you know, producing close to what he did last year. I mean, he he held the the tight end record for receiving yards for about an hour before Kittle broke it. Um, in, in week 17, but he was prolific in almost every game. I mean, he, there was only a couple games where he was under 50 yards receiving. And, and that's, I mean, when, when tight ends as top heavy as it is, and then yeah. you have a guy that's that consistent also, it's not like he was having, you know, a 30 point fantasy game and then a 10 point fantasy game. It was like constantly 20 point week, week after week. Um, that's, you know, that's a guy that I would love to, to own. I just, I, I don't see paying that price whenever I, 
I don't like the running backs when I get to the fourth round right. and I would, I would much rather um, load up there and then grab a guy like, you know, Vance McDonald or, or Austin Hooper or somebody a lot later um, and, and feel like I'm really good at running back and receiver. And, and then I'll be, you know, decent with some upside at tight end. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm on board with that. I could see that. Uh, and that's usually the way I play. I, it's infrequent when I invest in the uh, top tight end. I did it in the Rasbold draft that I'm doing right now where I was drafting at the 10 spot. I got him at the end of the third round, 310. Uh, and that's just because I, I, I was starting to get into that mode where like I'm very uncomfortable with some of the backs that, that were here. I'll see what I can get five picks later. You know, I'm like, okay. Yeah, and 310 is super late. Yeah. So that compared to where he goes in most drafts. So at that point, it's, it's you know, good value just based on ADP. Right. And that's kind of how I felt. You know, take, take what value is given to us there a little bit. Um, so I, I think we're kind of the same boat here. I, and I just, the, the inherent injury risk at the position too is the other thing that kind of dissuade me from it. You know, they have to block. They, you know, just, I, I, keep, I keep seeing like Jordan Reed in my head. And I know Kelsey sure. doesn't, you know, he had a procedure in the offseason. So too, that's the other thing. He's fine now. He's, he reported on time for training camp and all that, but still. Kind of, yeah, and he had microfracture his rookie year, so it's you know, and I having gone through that, I understand as you start to get older, you know, you think Todd Gurley's got knee problems, Travis Kelsey's gonna have him when he gets older. I mean, microfracture is basically a guaranteed knee replacement later in life, and and they obviously try to prolong it as possible, but you know, my body wasn't being put through what his is on a daily basis. And, and so I don't know, I like him a lot for this year. He looks great so far now that he's come back and, and, you know, avoided the pup list and stuff, but he, um, at, at the same time as in a dynasty league, I, I would have no problem for someone who wanted to sell high on him, get the value for him while he's the number one tight end. Cause he's been the number one tight end basically three years in a row now. And so uh, get that value for him before he falls off, as opposed to waiting a year too long. And, and all of a sudden you can't get near the same value. Yeah, you may know something about that, having uh, had that experience with Kronk. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I got fortunate last year. I, I you know, trading Gronk when I did because he was still on the field and, and playing. I was able to get Kittle uh, out of that deal, and it obviously worked out worked out for me. But, oh, sure. Um, you know, I... It was I, I, you know, I was hoping after I made that trade, I, I also gave up James Washington in that deal. So it wasn't like a straight up deal, but um, it wasn't I wasn't, uh, you know, I was hoping Gronk would not retire in that scenario because I didn't want it to be where a, a team um, that, that traded for him is, you know, Scott Jinstead, your buddy. Um, the trader for Gronk basically got him for half season when he wasn't even a playoff team to begin with. Right, right. <laughs> that's, that's ultimate disaster. You know, although I had I had Doug Baldwin retire on me too, and I traded, for, I think also with you for him. So uh, you're just yeah, I mean, the so- sower of disasters here. <laughs> I, I I'm doing a good job of getting rid of guys right before they they collapse. So um, you know, and and you know, hopefully hopefully that kind of stuff you know, doesn't happen going forward, but cause I, I don't want to be looked at as the, the Darth Vader of the league, but I think right now I, I definitely have that, that uh, reputation with some guys. If I only wanted to, uh, if I didn't want to have you on the pod anymore, I mean, I just start blocking your text, but I won't be doing that. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. yeah. Mistakes were made. Let's just say that too. I, I've made mistakes. Um, before we talk about that a little bit more, a uh, quick note from our folks at uh, our friends at fancy draft, FancyDraft.com would like to bring you an important message about rake. Are you tired of paying high fees to play Daily Fantasy? Did you know that over time, these fees, called Rake, can cost Daily Fantasy players over 30% of their bankroll? As Daily Fantasy sites continue to raise Rake, prize pools are being squeezed more and more, making it harder and harder for players like you to win. More Rake just means more money lying in the pockets of the big DFS sites and less money for players. But change has arrived. Fantasy Draft has changed the game by bringing you Rake-free Daily Fantasy. 
That's right. You're now able to play your favorite fantasy contest without paying any rake. On Fantasy Draft, 100% of entry fees will be paid out to contest winners 100% of the time. Playing your favorite contest rake-free on Fantasy Draft will save you hundreds or even thousands of dollars in rake every month. Rake-free daily fantasy is truly a game-changer. Just imagine what playing on Fantasy Draft is going to do for your bankroll. Register at FantasyDraft.com today to take part in the rake-free revolution. Use promo code RWNFL to receive a free seven-day trial. So the whole reason for wanting to bring you on in the first place is that to talk some dynasty leagues, and because I play in a league with you, uh, one of your one of your three uh, dynasty leagues, and it's a different animal than every other league. You know, it takes some long term planning. It takes you know, it changes your evaluation on players now versus you know winning now versus planning for the future a little bit. Um, have you always played dynasty leagues, or is this something you just got into recently? No, the I played in a couple keeper leagues, but the 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 league that I'm in with you is the first dynasty league I started in, and then I kind of got a little addicted. I was like, man, this is so much fun! Like I love scouting the rookies and and you know figuring out these players that half the league has never even heard of. And um, I don't. It's funny, like I'm not a college football fan, so I I don't watch college football on Saturdays throughout the the winter. And really, um, yeah, I I I will watch the the. You know, I don't really have a team to follow. I'm a Kansas fan, and Kansas football team is awful, so um, it's not even enjoyable to watch. So um, I'll watch the the national championship playoff. Um, I, I think once they went to a playoff format, that made it a lot more exciting for me at the end. Uh, but I really don't start get going going on the dynasty stuff until the combine starts. And when the combine starts, I'm I'm the guy sitting there in front of the NFL Network, uh, watching it almost all day long because I love I love just seeing you know, put these, spit these metrics out and, and tell me, you know, is this guy a legit athlete like we thought he was when he was playing or, or is he not? And, and when you see the numbers start coming out, then you start to see that, you know, rankings adjust based on it. I, that's where I really, I love the, the analytics side of it. I was a math major in college, have a math degree. Nice. And, and so the, you know, statistics and analytics side of things is, is something that really appeals to me. Nice. I like that. I like, uh, and you know, I, now, if I recall correctly, were you involved in uh, as a union rep too? Did that help you with that? Uh, yeah, somewhat. But just just because you you get a lot more information on the behind the scenes stuff, especially the the collective bargaining agreements. Um, you know, ours is a lot different than football, and there's a lot of uh, things in their contract um, contracts that I don't understand. But the more I've I've you know, really been in the dynasty leagues, I've paid a lot more attention to the contracts because I want to know if a guy's going to be switching teams pretty soon. And you don't have to worry about that as much in a redraft league. I mean, very rarely, you know, the NFL trade deadline is not as, uh, you know, there's not as much movement as the MLB trade deadline or the NBA trade deadline. So it, it just, it, it's not something where, um, you know, you have to worry about guys switching teams a whole lot during the season. So, um, you know, you, you do it. And, um, you know, I, as I'm doing the statistical preparation prior to the season, I know that there's a really good chance that guy's going to be there all year long, as opposed to baseball, where if a team falls off, I mean, you might have a team's best starting pitcher that's, that's trading teams at the end of the year. And right. you know, a tre- Trevor Bauer goes to Cincinnati. He's given up a ton of home runs this year. And now all of a sudden he's in a giant hitters park. And I don't know that that's a really good scenario for him for, for fantasy this year. So, um, you know, it, it's that kind of stuff. You don't have to worry about that as much in football. And, and so it's, I feel like it's a lot easier to predict. Um, and, and the thing in football that you have to really watch out for is the injuries. And it's, that can be so unpredictable, um, that, that, you know, you almost just kind of push that aside. If a guy's healthy at the tra- start of camp, then I'm going to say, you know, what does he do after 16 games? Yeah. I mean, and you mentioned the injuries. I mean, that's what, why Doug Baldwin retired. He was tired of right. the injuries. I mean, and yeah. 
that's something you can't really predict because he, he retired at a young age, but he also happens to be a very smart guy, went to Stanford. He knows, you know, he probably did a better job of saving than maybe other players might have, and he just knows the value of his body. You mentioned earlier the career spans are shorter in football. I mean, it's even lifespans are. I mean, the type of hits they take, you know, the injuries they suffer. I mean, it's it's long-lasting after their career. So anytime you can protect yourself like that, I can see it. Yeah, for sure. And I, I mean, I, I felt like I could have kept playing baseball longer than I did, you know, at least to some level, maybe not as good as I was, you know, four years ago, but, but at the same time, like it was starting to really take its toll on my knee. I was having to spend Uh so much time in the training room to get my knee and back ready to go every night. And it just got to be a grind where it it wasn't, it wasn't as fun for me anymore. And I was starting to, you know, be concerned for my long-term health because of some of the things that doctors were saying about, the arthritis that I'm going to deal with later in life and, and that kind of stuff. I was like, I continuing to play. Yeah. I might be able to make a little bit more money and, and, you know, get, you know, get some more counting stats built up a little bit. And at the same time that that's very, it's a very selfish way to look at it whenever I can, can, you know, improve my quality of life down the road a little bit and, and spend a lot more time with my kids while they're little uh, than being on the road all the time. And it was just like, you know what, if I'm, you know, way in the, the, the pros and cons of the situation, my, my family became a lot more important as I got, I sure. got older. And, um, it was just something I was like, you know what, I want to be able to play basketball and baseball with my kids as, as they're growing up. And I don't want to have to be the guy that's, you know, bringing in somebody to, to give them lessons just because I can't physically do it. Right. Exactly. I think that's a great point. Um, uh, let's talk about dynasty drafts, uh, in particular, cause there, there are a different animal and how you, uh, prioritize how you try to, you know, you know, get ready for a draft and also just this year's current class. Let's talk about that. So say, you know, you're beginning a dynasty draft or you're in year two, you're in year two of your dynasty league. You've had one year, you've had your keepers. How do you go about like, you know, without assuming there's no trades, how do you go about, uh, and there, there will be trades, but I'm assuming that you're, you're going right now. How, what's the most biggest priority for you as you're preparing for that next dynasty draft, that second year? To, to me, I want to find guys who are going – I don't want to have to sit on guys, especially our Dynasty League is 22-man rosters, which isn't super deep for a Dynasty League. Right. I want to find guys who are going to be productive in the more near term as opposed to a guy you know, like a, a McCole Hardman who is, is – I feel like is more of like a three- or four-year project. I don't want to have that guy sitting on my bench that long. Um, I want guys with, with the instant opportunity. Um, most of the time, that's the, the you know first two days of running backs is, is – to me, the the best opportunity, especially our, our league is a quarter point per carry. So, you know, there's a little boost to, to running back value, especially you, you get a guy with opportunity like Josh Jacobs. I'm not a big Josh Jacobs fan, but you can't deny the opportunity he has in Oakland right now. And and there's right. just not a lot there to, to go away from it. So, you know, I, I could I understand the people taking him one overall. I personally I feel like the opportunity for Miles Sanders is is just as good because Jordan Howard doesn't scare me. I think Jordan Howard has his role on an NFL team, but Miles Sanders, I, I feel like if, if Saquon Barkley had not been at Penn state the year before Miles Sanders would have been talked up a lot more than, than he was, but he, he basically was just sitting behind Saquon, which you could, you know, you understand Saquon's maybe the best running back prospect of all time. So it's, if that's the case, he really didn't have much opportunity. Then all of a sudden he gets on the field and in this one year, he's extremely productive and and if that's the case, I that's a guy that I really like, and I, he tested well athletically, and you know he went out and you know six yards a carry, nine touchdowns, twenty four catches out of the backfield, like he proved he could he could do it in all phases, and um, I actually like Miles Sanders ahead of Josh Jacobs at the top of drafts this year, and and fortunately because 
you know, my team played well last year. I'm, I'm not picking at the top of any drafts, but, um, but I, I, that's, if I had the one, one, I'm taking Miles Sanders, um, as opposed to Josh Jacobs. Wow. That's huge. So I'm at one, two and at one, six in our league this year. So, and I'd, you know, everything, you know, we've heard a lot that, you know, 2020 and 21, 2021 classes are supposed to be better than this year's, but still having two picks is better than none. And my wide, my, my running back situation is tragic too. So I'll be sure I'll, sure. I'll be certainly taking two backs. It's just a question of which ones. And we'll see about J- Jacobs versus Sanders versus Montgomery versus Daryl Henderson. Uh, you know, there it's there's still some backs that are interesting, and as we get deeper in, you know, injuries are going to happen. You got to go to the next guy up, and you're going to have to go with these guys that have some sort of pedigree. Yeah, and I I you know was just in a rookie draft not too long ago. It concluded about a week ago, and um, Damian Harris went in the middle of the second round, and I really like him. I I think there's a, there's a big time opportunity there with Michelle seeming to have the the Todd Gurley knees, and mm-hmm. and they're you know they're going really slow with his recovery and. Um, you know, I know they have, uh, you know, first round draft capital in him, but, but they, you know, to spend a third rounder on Damian Harris, when they, you know, everybody felt like they didn't really need running back. That tells me there was something about him. They really liked, and they felt like they just couldn't pass up on him. And I think he's going to have a big time opportunity and he's available a lot later than, you know, the, the Sanders, Jacobs, Montgomery trio. Um, even Darrell Henderson is has snuck up into the middle of the first round now. And, um, you know, if you can get him at, at one six, it'd be, I, I feel like it'd be a great pick because he's, I, he's a guy that I feel like I don't, I don't, I don't see Todd Gurley signing another extension in LA. They seem to be very scared of his knee. Um, they're very hesitant with it. Not that he's not going to get used, but they just don't know what they're going to have long-term. And, and I think they drafted Henderson to, to definitely be the successor to him. And, um, and I think Damian Harris, Harris could separate himself in that new England backfield before the season's over. Yeah. He might, he might be there for you at the end of the first round, unless I take him at one six, we'll see. Uh, but, uh, well, uh, unlikely, but we'll see where do you stand? Uh, I know you have to go soon. So let's get you quickly on Kyler Murray. Uh, there's wide variance of opinion in the fantasy industry, the community on his prospects this year and beyond. Where do you stand on him? Uh, I, I think the, the sky is the limit. I, I fully believe in the talent. I'm not concerned about his size. Um, I, I feel like the system is, is basically perfect for him and I could absolutely see him, um, you know, being a, a, I, w- I wouldn't put him in the top half of, of quarterbacks for the season, but I could see him being a, a second tier, uh, you know, or, or seven through 12 quarterback one by the end of the year. Um, at the same time, and this is probably good for fantasy. They did nothing to address their offensive line no. um, in, in the offseason, and they were terrible last year. So he's going to be scrambling for his life. And, and like I said, that could be really good for fantasy. It also makes me higher on a guy like Andy Isabella, who is a really good double move guy. And it, you're talking about a, a guy, you know, if, if Murray goes out and he's scrambling and then Isabella breaks off on the second part of his move where Murray's buying time, he's he's faster than most defensive backs are. There's a really good chance that, that he's going to be you know, a big play guy downfield, uh, you know, sooner than later. So um, I, I feel like, um, you know, there there is a ton of opportunity in that Arizona offense, and, and I'm really high on both guys. I think they should both be first-round picks in in uh, fantasy drafts. Interesting. Drafts. Yeah, and, uh, you know, the thing is, you mentioned the offensive line. I do fear him getting just blown up. That's the, you know, yeah, sure. the RG3 effect. That's the thing that scares me the most. Uh, is, you know, he's going to take some hits. You know, he's got to learn. You know, he is, a, he is elusive enough that he may be able to avoid, you know, big hits. But it's going to come at him from faster faster opponents now. Faster and bigger and stronger and all of the above. So, you know, that's the thing that scares me more than anything is the, the O-line. But you're, like, you're, like you said, though, that does 
allow him to scramble more too. It is going to push him to go out. You know, we'll see. I'm really interested to see if they go full air raid on us too and bring out the four wides, go a lot of do a lot of four verts and all that. I, I think that could be a lot of fun. Yeah, it's, I mean, I, I'm anxious. Everybody's anxious to see, especially like their first you know preseason game or two. Like, what what is there in this offense? Is this you know because you know Chip Kelly tried to do the the super fast paced offense and and while. It, it did not work from the sense of winning football games. It was really good for fantasy. And so there's, you know, there's a lot of, of potential opportunity there. And, you know, David Johnson, I have no problem taking him at fifth overall this year. And, um, you know, ahead of, of guys like DeAndre Hopkins and, and Devontae, uh, Devontae Adams, because, um, you know, I, I just think I don't see the, the thousand thousand situation, but I also uh, think he's going to be a lot more productive than last year. And, and, you know, at the bottom of that, I actually like Chase Edmonds quite a bit because if they are running 85 to 90 plays a game, there's no way David Johnson's on the field for, for more than maybe, you know, 55, 60% of those. Chase Edmonds is the guy they feel like can be a three down back and, you know, when, when presented with the opportunity. So that's a guy that could get a lot of play just, just because of the sheer volume of that offense. If they are able to move the ball and get that many plays off in a game, I think there's a role for Edmonds, that in, you know, from a, a fantasy standpoint too, especially in leagues with two or three flex spots. Yeah, could be very interesting. Uh, we'll, I know you have to take off. We'll leave you at this. Uh, give us one big-name rookie that you're avoiding this year. Oh, one that I'm avoiding, but let's see. Um, A.J. Brown, and, and it's solely because of opportunity. Sure. Um, but I, I, I really like his talent. I just don't believe in, in Marcus Mariota anymore. I, I liked him a lot coming out of college, and um, I know last year he was playing with a numb hand half the year, and um, but I, I, I just – I, I just don't see it. The, the other two guys that I am completely off of are the two uh, first round tight ends, Noah Fant and TJ Hawkinson. I don't think they're, you know, like I said, I like to draft guys who are going to give me immediate production. And I don't think either one of them are, are going to be valuable in, in year one and maybe even year two. Noah Fant reminds me a lot of Mike Gusecki where he's a super big athlete, um, you know, big body, huge athlete, really fast but also is a pretty raw football player. He can't block. So you got to wonder if he's even going to be out there on the first two downs of a drive. And um, at that point, he's, he's so one dimensional that, you know, that it made me, it just makes me wonder if he's going to have, you know, a, a whole lot of value, um, you know, early on and, until he starts learning that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I'm always wary of rookie tight ends. I mean, I have OJ Howard and I've waited for him, but, and he's going to be worth it, but it took three years. And so that's the thing that you have to worry about. Brad, this is great stuff. Thank you so much for jumping on. This has been a lot of fun. Uh, my pleasure, Jeff. Anytime. I, I've really enjoyed it. And uh, where can everybody find you one more time? Yeah, so I, I'm doing podcasts for The Athletic. Uh, I'm doing some uh, um, some on-the-side work with FNTSY Sports Radio, and, and you can always hit me up at Brad Ziegler on Twitter. Uh, I will be around, and, and hopefully my Fantasy Pros rankings will be, be good enough this year to, to get some top tens and get my name thrown around a little bit. All right, sounds great. Uh, thank you for listening to the Rotowire Fan- Fantasy Football Podcast, brought to you by the folks at Yahoo DFS. Thank you for your sponsorship. Uh, we'll be back at you again tomorrow. Have a great day.